Hi, this is Michelle Wainwright, and welcome to Creative Juicy, a podcast about the creative process, the journey to finding your voice, and tools to help creatives, aka people just like you, find inspiration, confidence, and some business savvy along the way. My career in brand and content strategy led me to collaborating with incredible creators, from photographers to directors, chefs, designers, stylists, illustrators, developers, founders, and so much more. I'm here to shine a light on the experiences of people who dare to be different, with the hopes of inspiring you to do whatever makes you feel unapologetically you. So let's get into it. This is Creative Juicy. Rose, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Of course, of course. Thanks for having me. So first, can you please introduce yourself and describe what it is that you do? Yeah, my name is Rose Traore and I'm a chef in New York City and um, been cooking for about now like 10 years. And my vision has always been about changing that mindset that people may think they know about a chef and introducing them to like a different angle and um, making food fun, approachable, and exciting to continue to discover different layers. So did you know you wanted to be a chef when you were younger? Or where did you start? Where did your exploration of food and the food industry really begin? I actually did not know I wanted to be a chef. But for some reason, it was one of those things that was always that I was just always surrounded by it. You know, my dad was a fisherman. He was always into his dishes that he grew up on and introducing us to that. I happened to, I simply just wanted to explore it more and know more about the history behind food. And so when it came to like high school graduation, that was the first thing that I could kind of like relate to and initially I wanted to just be a chef and then go in the Navy and become a cook but I realized very quick that that was not the route that I wanted to do and I wanted to aim towards the more like fine dining area and you know the reason why the Navy came up was because I spent like three years in the ROTC And so if you go to college and you enlist, then you become like an officer automatically. And so that was kind of like my small vision back then. Cool. Uh, It reminds me, my Opa, my my grandfather in Holland, it's Opa. You have to enroll in the Dutch army, or at least you did when he was growing up. And I... He definitely wasn't a chef, but I think he took some sort of job in the kitchen because he loved food so much. That's cool that your dad was a fisherman. For sure. Yeah, he was he was gone for like six months at a time, three to six months at a time. And, um, you know, you we would just always be happy to have him back. And we always had dinner at the table. And so that's kind of like one of my fond memories that I remember. Yeah. Okay, so then you decide or come up with the idea of going more the fine dining route. Yeah. Where do you go from there? Like, what's the next step? I I knew early on, like, there was just something about always aiming for the best, surrounding yourself with the best. And I did just that as far as which restaurant that 
that I wanted to work with. I did my intern. At this point, I was in Portland, Oregon. I did my intern at, in Washington, D.C. because I was born there, but I was raised there fully, and I wanted to just retrace memories. So I did my internship there. It was, you know, a hot restaurant at that point. Um, amazing chef and fine dining to which was exactly what which was exactly what I was looking for um mm-hmm. and you know got handled learned a lot and eventually wanted to explore different avenues because in this in the middle of this I'm hearing like you know I work in a couple more restaurants but eventually I'm hearing New York City is around the corner they're amazing for food and there's this fashion thing going on. Um, so perhaps that could be your next city. And so um, I just, I couldn't afford to move to New York City right away. So what I would do was do my work in DC, sometime take the bus to New York, handle my castings, hand, try to find a restaurant to work at. And then eventually finally get, was able to make that jump. And when I made that jump, that's when things started to unravel a bit. And I discovered that working in restaurants was an amazing opportunity. It always will be. And it's something that I think every chef should should understand the culture. But I also had this feel that I wanted to get a little more personal personal with my clients or people that I was cooking for. Like I, like it's not often that you know who you're making your meals for when you're in the restaurant at that level, because frankly, it's just not, it's also not your business. <laughs> it's just, you're just supposed to be there and delivering your dishes, handling your work head down. Um, but there was something special that I found in doing bespoke events so it didn't start there, but it started when I had an agency. I met another guy that had a company and he handled the front of, like every photo shoot needs, needs, uh, needs food. So th- this is your Calvin Klein, your, Ra- your Ralph Lauren, your Macy's, Ferragamo, all of these guys um, needed someone to cater those shoots. And so my friend found the clients and I did the food, but then there was something that triggered me even more with that, where I was like, well, what if I actually get to cook for Ralph Lauren and not just the company? I think that would be a little more special. And I would like to aim for even a higher level than just catering. Like, I don't really like that word, like catering, because it's not the take that I have or what we specialize in, it's more of an experience. It's a full on experience. It's a bespoke. It's, it's something that just, um, it's all tied in with a vision behind food and, um, execution from mm-hmm. different level, if you would say. Um, so I went down that route, moved to London for two years um, ended up cooking for it, whether it's athletes, actors. And then that's when I was like, this is my, this is my steez. But 
there was something else missing where it's like, well, I don't just want to be, I want to, I want to, there's a lot of chefs that don't care to, you know, entertain or like want to be like, um, Mr. Personality or, and for me, I wanted to also owe it to myself to reach it to the highest level, which is, well, have you ever worked in a, um, fully worked into a Michelin restaurant? And the answer was no. And how can I separate myself from just being like, you know, I never wanted to have, have people think that just because I was involved in fashion that came first when cooking was always my true passion. And so that's what led me to working at the Nomad, mm-hmm. executed that. And then I moved on to 11 Madison Park. And really from there, that's where I honed in more of my skills and was able to find myself connect with some of the most amazing chefs around the world and eventually just using my platform using my craft to where it's exposed on a bigger level rather than just the kitchen I love entertaining I love spotlighting the love of food and that's really what I've been doing you know what better way to to do that than collaborate with some of your favorite brands you know Um, yeah so when you mentioned that you worked in fashion and you also said something about casting calls were you a model yeah I did um modeling for a bit at that time it was an amazing experience it it still is an amazing experience for anyone that wants to tap into it but it's more about the experience you would say And after you kind of like use those tools to be able to walk into any room and um, know how to talk to people. It's interesting to see where you are now in your career because you're very much a chef, but you're also very much a personality and in front of the camera. So I imagine your experience in modeling has really helped you in ways I'm sure you didn't even realize at the time, preparing you for being camera forward And what looks good? What's the right angle for light? And you kind of understand all aspects of it now, I would assume. That's the biggest, biggest thing I was able to take away from it. it. And um, essentially, it just got to the point where I wanted to, it was a vacant space as far as who is bringing these two worlds together at the highest level. It's just a space where I've just been having fun, creating, learning breaking down, testing, and um, essentially showing how two of these worlds are actually more common than you think. And the biggest thing that I take away from it is perfection. They both have that. They both are on a constant desire for perfection. And so that is what I think keeps me into both of the worlds. So I guess taking a step back, you went to culinary school at Le Cordon Bleu. The yeah. <laughs> uh, can you describe, I mean, what is that like? Is there a certain set of curriculum you have to take or are there electives? Um, can you shape it to your interests or what is culinary school like, especially at Le Cordon Bleu? Yeah, well, you really learn everything. You do like math, 
you do a lot of things prior to even getting in the kitchen. Let's just say that all the paperwork is oh. how I like to say it. Then you do some baking courses, which I didn't go in there for that, but it's good to learn a little bit of it. And um, it was definitely school of hard knocks, like just surviving every every week, really. You would see some survivors and some that was worth saying, like, this is not, this is not it. So, yeah. Okay. You've worked in some incredible restaurants. You mentioned 11 Madison Park and the Nomad. What are the different roles in a chef's kitchen? And also, is it the same no matter if you're at the Nomad versus a restaurant that isn't as well known is the structure of the kitchen the same or does it really depend on uh the head chef and the environment um it really depends it's the roots are the the roots within the michelin realm fine dining i will say is the same you have your head chef you have your cdc chef de cuisine you have your sous chef you have your junior sous chef cooks from different lines or stations. And then you have your Comey. Your Comey is pretty much the first entrance, the first stage prior to you having your own territory, if you would say. You need to understand and process ingredients in a different, in a certain manner for you to appreciate them before you cook them. I see. Which means, like, if you have to peel, you know, a hundred potatoes, like, by the time you cook them, you'll appreciate that work that was done prior to it. Or you, um, like, passing dates through a fine tammy in order for you to make some, you know, a dish, essentially. (laughs) Yeah. It's just like all of those, everything matters. Mm -hmm. So what is your favorite part, looking back on all of your experiences, what is your favorite part about working in a restaurant? Just the community, I would say. That's my favorite part. The community, the brother and sister love that comes from it. And the fact that you're literally going into service every day as like, it's a big show let's rock it out. Mm-hmm. And it's, it could be a bumpy ride. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And least favorite part. I mean, sometimes when you get those triple doubles, those are not always the fun part, I would say, but what is a triple double? A double, It's like 13, 14 hour days. Mm. Triple. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. But that's actually, I don't know if that's like the least favorite part, but it's one of the parts where it's like. It's a grind. It's a grind. Yeah. Yeah. You obviously, as you mentioned, got into bespoke events and kind of married the world of, of cuisine and cooking with fashion. Like, how would you describe a bespoke event and what are all the different aspects from your side that go into it? Yeah. I mean, my side. Everything from the front of the house to the back of the house is what I handle. We create the menu based on the theme and the energy that the client wants. Lots of 
back and forth as far as like menu descriptions and what really sign what really is a wow factor for them. Um, we, you know, if we have to travel with the team, that's something that we do. We do everything from beast like you know, pastor derbs courses, um, just a full she- shebang, if you would say, mm-hmm. um, and. You know, some of these guys I've been working with for the past four and a half years. So consistent sous chef team, consistent front of the house, um, captain, and yeah. Cool. You obviously have worked as a chef and kind of leading the charge for these bespoke events, as you just described. When we worked together, uh, I believe that was 2020. So we unfortunately didn't even get to meet each other on set. (laughs) But, you know, we came to you because we wanted to create a champagne pairing and wanted a recipe and wanted someone who wasn't comfortable in front of the camera to describe to people and the content how to make the recipe. So I guess, how do you manage all different aspects of your job? And also, what was the transition like from being more chef and food and event restaurant focused to working for yourself? I think the biggest thing, it's just I love being busy. I love having jobs to execute. Um, To me, it's just like fuel. I never really wanted, I never really liked working for people. Um, So one way to go about that is figuring that, figuring how you could just do your own thing. And that was kind of the, my approach. It's like, how can I continue to build a name for myself and the company and still keeping momentum. That's what's always, you know, that's something that could always be tricky. And for me, it's one of those where it's like, it's never enough. It's like, we got through this tier now. Great. Time to hit another mark. Um, And that's really what just keeps me going, really. And yeah, managing it could be a little bit crazy at times for sure but you have a good team and you get help from those that understand the vision Mm -hmm. how do you get the clients you have are they coming to you because they found you or are you also doing outreach to them to introduce yourself both it's a little bit of networking just like lots of events to attend and eventually just having that stage to either introduce myself. It's a lot of word of mouth. It's a lot of just being discovered, like, or just being seen outside and like, hey, I want to know more. And yeah, kind of has been coming in gradually and generically. And there's no like, huge pitch it's more on this is who I am you do your homework if I fit in your if I fit in your vision and let's create you know Mm -hmm. so outside of your work and your craft I'd love to know what foods are your favorite just personally Mm -hmm. Um, you obviously work in fine dining but do you love just like a good old cheeseburger too or (laughs) like cheeseburger Love a good cheeseburger, love a good taco, love a good pho. 
I love caramel. Mm. And yeah, those are my things. Love a good cheeseburger. Love a good rotisserie chicken or whole braised fish. Like those are my classic home comfort and amazing wine or champagne. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So how do you like living in New York? I love it. I When I first moved to New York, I actually did not like it one bit. And it was like, I didn't get it. I thought it was the dirtiest place ever. <laughs> I moved to, that's why I went to London because I just thought London was cooler. I just found my way back here and just went through the grind. And it's one of those where I love it now because you could just like bark back and like, it's just a wolf city and it's just like, everyone is everyone gets it and it's just like everything is 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 within reach if you want and that's just not like saying it sounds like simple to say but it really is because you you will do your homework and study your industry and know how to navigate eventually are there any misconceptions about fine dining you think to the average person it may come off like this, but it's really this. Like, is there anything that would surprise us? I mean, a lot of people think it's unnecessary, you know, saying they don't want to go through and sit down for hours, and which I get, but it all depends on the mindset that you come into. And this is literally a place that cares about every single detail, even though you won't recognize it even though it might be unnecessary it's still like a lot of day day day-to-day passion that I feel if people knew more about they would appreciate it more Mm. that's true it's incredibly detail-oriented is your home immaculate like every single detail (laughs) or is it more so just in your craft I would say more I'm definitely on the clean like it's crispy but a more, mm. I put all of that process towards my work. Okay. Well, Rose, I have five final questions. Um, I've been asking everyone these same questions, but, and we may have touched on some of the topics, but I will ask you nonetheless. So question number one is what drives you to create and why do you do what you do? What drives me to create is reaching for perfection and the fact that there's always more work to be done and learned from my craft and the fact that as simple as I may see things from this perspective because I've been involved with it for a while a lot of people actually um, look forward to hearing that knowledge or look forward to understanding certain concepts. And so, yeah, doing it for myself, one, but doing it for others to really be able to connect. I think any way that you could connect with another soul is something that's amazing. If that's, if food is my baton to do so, then I guess that's the route that I'll go. Question number two, this one is fill in the blank. Feeling inspired feels like blank. Freedom. 
would say. Mm -hmm. Yeah, to be free. Question number three, where do you go physically, mentally, digitally to get your creative juices flowing? Sauna or steam room. Oh, really? I haven't gotten that answer before. That's a good one. Okay, just sweat it out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, question number four, if you could tell your younger self one thing or one piece of advice, what would you say? Relax. Or like take it easy or don't be too hard on yourself. But every part of that has made, you know, me who I am. And so it's kind of, so I guess maybe just keep going. Mm -hmm. And then finally, is there anything you're looking forward to today? Anything coming up that's keeping you feeling motivated and inspired or any fun projects in the works? Um, I've been, I'm actually looking for some ceramics to try to pair for a menu that I'm doing soon. And so I've been shopping for that. I've been getting a lot into art, like just collecting art. And that's been fun and random. It's, it's literally something that happened within the last like two years where it's just like I just appreciate just collecting art and it's a fun investment as well so yeah where do you how do you collect your art um either friends that have you know plugs in some galleries or um projects that go up for instance there's a Damien Hirst like project that's happening now and it's pretty cool and um, I dig his work and figured why not just tap into that and figure it out. Yeah. I love ceramics. So if you need any um, suggestions, I think I have a bunch saved on my Instagram. Really? Uh, yeah. But that must be fun to think about how to plate all of these dishes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's another thing. The sourcing is what we do. Yeah, it's a ton of work. Mm -hmm. There's so much that goes into it. For sure. Um, yeah. But the end result is always fun to see and witness. Yeah, definitely. Well, Rose, thank you so much for chatting with me and getting into all of this. It was great to talk to you. Of course, you too. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Creative Juicy. If you like what you heard, it would mean so much if you can take a minute to rate and review the show. Be sure to hit subscribe to stay updated on new episodes and follow me at Mish, M-I-C-H, underscore Wainwright on Instagram for more podcast updates. You can also find show notes and a transcript for today's episode at creativejuicypodcast.com. Hope you have a good one. Bye.